Thank you, worship team. Um, obviously, I am not Ben Skipper. Um, and so for those of us in the room who might be guests, my name is uh, Corey Jenkins. I uh, am the student pastor here at Carville, um, and so I get to work with our students. Um, thank you. But Ben had asked me to, uh, to fill in. I was like, man, right after first, first week of the job, and you know, put me in this spot. All right. Um, nah. I, I is a op- great opportunity, man, to dive into God's word together. Um, I'm going to pray for us before we do that. Can I do that? I'm going to pray for us. Father, you are good. Father, you are our provider. God, that, that is why we're here. That's why this church and your church all across the globe exists. Because, God, you have provided for us salvation. You have provided for us something that we could not provide for ourselves. And you have clothed us in the, the righteousness of your son, Jesus as he went to the cross, carrying all of our shortcomings, all of our imperfections, Father, and overcame them in resurrection. Father, I pray as we open your word, that God, you would soften our hearts to examine our hearts, that Father, Holy Spirit, you would make known to us the ways that we need to love you better, the ways that we need to follow you as your people. Father, that you would be glorified in this time as we dive in to your word. We pray this in your name and for your glory. Amen. Have you ever noticed that uh, from time to time, we as human beings are capable of forgetting a lot of things? I don't know about you guys, but that, I mean, it seems like yesterday, Bree. Uh, Brie was telling me, she's like, did you forget that we had this on our calendar? And I was like, oh, I did forget about that. But we, there, man, when kids forget to clean up their room, right after mom and dad just got done telling them, hey, son, daughter, can you go clean? Can you go clean that room? And they, they say, yeah, I'll do it, but then they end up forgetting. That was me as a five-year-old Corey. Or uh, if if some of our students were like me when I was a student in high school, I'd pull up to school one day and forget that I had an assignment due. And while there's 20 minutes before school starts, start getting as much done as I can. Or occasions, even in us as adults in our marriages and as adults, we forget. We forget our keys on the counter. We forget uh, to get the mail. We forget... Um, as husbands and wives, like I just said, uh, you remember we have this event, right? Our son's uh, show choir event or baseball, and we book on top of that. We, as human beings, are capable and prone, not just capable, but prone to often forget. But brothers and su- sisters, I, today... In our, in our journey of Exodus as God's freed people, I want to remind us that we cannot, we must not forget the Lord. 
As his freed people who have been set free from the slavery and bondage of sin, we cannot forget the provision and providing that God has done on our behalf. I want to, before we get to our text in Deuteronomy, I do want to look in Exodus and show you a quick survey of God providing for his people. Ben last week talked about how Pharaoh hardened his heart, and God would use that hardened heart to deliver his people. At the end of chapter 13 in Exodus, you can flip there if you want. At the end of chapter 13 of Exodus, God provides guidance for his people as he leads them out in a pillar of cloud and by night in a pillar of fire. What a God that he would not just say, I'm going to deliver you, but I'm going to lead you to that deliverance. Chapter 14, the very next chapter, we're reminded that God has graciously given Israel a leader in Moses who will lead them to deliverance. And then in chapter 14, we see God provide a way of escape. When it seemed like there was no way that the Israelites would escape Egypt, God pulls back the curtains of the Red Sea, and the Israelites walk through it on dry ground. And then when the Egyptians try to overcome them and not let them escape, God allows the Red Sea to fall back on them. So God provides a way of escape. Chapter 15, at the end of chapter 15, after they get done praising him, God provides fresh water for his thirsty people who are journeying. Because the land where they were at had nothing but bitter water, but God would provide them with fresh water. In chapter 16, when they're grumbling about, man, it would be better to be back in Egypt where we were filled, where our stomachs didn't hunger, God provides quail and manna for his people wandering in wilderness. In chapter 17, God again provides water for his people where there was no water. And at the end of chapter 17, God provides protection and security against the Amalekites in battle. Brothers and sisters, God, in those chapters of Exodus 13 to 17, God, not once, not twice, but multiple times, provided for his freed people. In Deuteronomy 8, where our main focus for today is, if you want to go ahead and turn there. Moses is talking to the Israelites, God-freed people, and they're about to enter the promised land that God had promised them a long time ago. But Moses looks back on this time of Exodus 13 to 17 and the wilderness and how God provided over and over again, time after time for his people, And he says that in the context of don't forget the Lord your God as you experience the fulfillment of his great and goodness provisions in the promised land. Don't forget it. And so today I want us to be reminded just as the Israelites were reminded by Moses to not forget the Lord when we experience the goodness of our God's provisions. Deuteronomy 8. Starting in verse 10. Deuteronomy 8, starting in verse 
10. When you have eaten and are satisfied, this is him talking about them being in the promised land, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud. And you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. Verse 17, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, And worship and bow down to them. I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you. So you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Three quick things that I want us to see in this text that Moses reminds God's people about his provisions. One, in verses 10 through 11 Moses reminds the people that the aim, the why, the the premise, the reason of God's provisions is for his people to enjoy him. Moses says, when you have eaten, when you've entered the promised land, and you're sitting there and you are satisfied, you're not hungry like you were in the wilderness, you're not thirsty, everything's going great, when you're satisfied and content, praise the Lord your God, for the good land he has given you. When God provided, I love this, he's he's almost calling it back to when God provided a way out of Egypt, the next chapter, Moses leads the Israelites into a time of praise where they shout to their God of, you delivered us. You delivered us from the hands of Egyptians. You delivered us from slavery. We will sing to the Lord, for he's highly exalted. He's our defense and strength. He's splendid. He has delivered us. Brothers and sisters, behind every provision God gave to the Israelites was a heart of God for his people to break out in praise and celebrate him. And to enjoy their God who said, you are my people and I'll take care of you. God quenched their thirst 
when they were thirsty so that they would enjoy him. God filled their hungry stomachs so that they would enjoy him. And in enjoying him, praise and celebration would break out and God would be glorified. Because you see, brothers and sisters, as God is glorified, as his people amiss enjoying his provisions, amiss being satisfied and celebrating him, God is glorified and God delights in the praise of his people. God is glorified. His greatness was declared by the Israelites. His faithfulness acknowledged the sweetness of being one of his children experienced. And in his people's presence, God lovingly enjoyed his people. Christmas is coming up soon, one of my favorite times of the year. I, uh, you know, if you're a parent, which I, I'm not yet, I mean, I guess I am, but um, not... Not to the full extent. Um, but for the parents in the room, you know that that time of year is special for your kids. You know it's special. You want them to get gifts, to see them smile, to enjoy it with you and with your family. And brothers and sisters, God's heart behind each time he provides for us as his people is that we would look at him and break out and praise and celebrate. The why God provides for us is because his heart is set on his people enjoying him. Like as kids, God provided us with family so that we would enjoy him. And the, the, for the women who are pregnant, God is somehow miraculously forming a baby inside of you so that you'd be in awe of him and his greatness and all, knowing that you're not doing anything forming the organs of that baby inside of you. Parents, God has provided you with image bearers. And yes, they, they can be rowdy sometimes. But God has given those children to you so that you look at up to him and say thank you and enjoy him through your children. Man, brothers and sisters, God has provided many of us financially to enjoy his generous, benevolent heart and to reflect that. Brothers and sisters, God has given some of us spouses to enjoy him in a marriage as a beautiful symbol of a covenant relationship between God's people so that we would enjoy him. In our singleness, God's given us purity and focused devotion to solely look to him so that we would enjoy him. Even in the difficult and trying seasons of our lives, whether it's grief over a grandmother or a baby or being picked picked on at school or depression or cancer, God has supplied us with strength, with comfort and peace and community in the church family to enjoy him as our all-sufficient God amidst trials and to cling to him as our only hope. Brothers, behind every provision that God provides for you as his people is for the purpose that you would look back at him and say, thank you, Father, and celebrate him and enjoy his goodness. 
So the aim of God's provisions is that we would enjoy him, that it would result in our praise. Second point. We are to remember God's provisions. Remembering God's provisions should lead his people to depend on him. There's a a subtle temptation that Moses is keenly aware of when the people go into the promised land and experience the fullness of God's goodness and provisions. Moses knows that there will be a subtle temptation for God's people to misplace who is doing the providing. So Moses, verses 12 through 18, says, When you are enjoying the fulfillment, the full abundance of the Lord's provisions in the promised land, do not become proud. When you are satisfied, do not think that satisfaction came about by your own doing. When your herds are growing and gold is increasing, do not think that was because of some that you did. Because Moses is looking at the Israelites and he's saying, Brothers, when you allow yourself to be misplaced and misguided as the provider rather than God, then what the consequence, what will result in that is pride and arrogance and self-sufficiency and self-reliance and self-autonomy will breed in the hearts and minds of his people. A proud heart that in verse 17 of chapter 8, Moses says, it says to itself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. It's a proud heart that seeks no dependence on God, but on self. It looks to self. It's an attitude of sufficiency on self, relying on self. And in this subtle deception, Moses is looking at his people, knowing fully aware of how this temptation will come up to them, and join God's provisions. He says, do not forget the Lord. Call to mind what God has done. And in fact, Moses gives them a recap. He says, when your heart will become proud, don't forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, who led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness that included waterless land where you thirst and venomous steaks and where you went hungry and the Lord provided manna and quail. Brothers and sisters, how Satan would love for you and me to look at God's provisions and say, way to go. How Satan would love for us. Oh, how he wants us to be comfortable in this. To look at our lives and everything that the Lord's blessed us with, to look at it and say, way to go. And I I am not immune from this self-sufficiency, self-reliance that breeds from an arrogant and proud heart. And we, as God's people, just like Moses is telling God's people here, they're not immune either, brothers and sisters, and we aren't either. In fact, I think if we honestly let the Lord do some work in our hearts and minds, we would look back and see all the times that we looked at the things that God provided for us, and we would say, man, was I wrong to take all the credit for that. And we miss God 
Who does the providing? And suddenly the motto of I can do it myself becomes the beat of our marching. Arrogance and self-reliance, self-autonomy, self-sufficiency becomes our life. And brothers and sisters, if we are not careful, if we constantly are not reminding ourselves, if we are not calling to mind what God has done, that he's a gracious provider, then we will begin to see ourselves as the provider. If we do not attempt to combat the lies of Satan and of our proud hearts with humbling reminders of God's provision, then we will begin to live lives relying on ourselves, looking to ourselves. Brothers and sisters, you want to know what will create prayerless parenting, marriages, times of suffering, finances, homes, is when we look at ourselves as a gracious provider rather than God. And how Satan would love for us to be comfortable in that. And as Moses recapped to his God's people what God did on their behalf, let me take you down a road of memory lane. Let me quickly recap what God has provided for you and me. Did not God send one greater than Moses to deliver us, not from the hands of Egyptians, but the slavery of sin? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Is it not in this son that the apostle Paul says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins? Is it not because of that that Peter says God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can't perish, that won't spoil, that won't fade? And can we not now walk in this living hope knowing that God's divine power has given us everything we need to live a godly life, especially with the indwelling Holy Spirit inside of us? See, brothers and sisters, God has met our greatest need. God provided the greatest provision for us in purchasing our salvation in Christ. So, brothers and sisters, if if God has provided for our, our greatest need, how much more should we look to him for lesser provisions? If God has met our greatest need in Christ Jesus, then we have no room, brothers and sisters, to look at him when we need strength, when we need help, when we need guidance and wisdom, to look at him and say, no, I'm going to turn to myself. I got this. I don't need you. In fact, brothers and sisters, in meeting our greatest need of salvation, God set us free from self-reliance. He set us free from looking to ourselves. He didn't say to look at ourselves, to fix ourselves, to fix our brokenness. Even though we do that. Even though we try to fix our own brokenness. And we attempt and we fail. But God and mean our greatest needs set us free from self-reliance, from any concept of pride and self-sufficiency in our hearts and minds. What a reminder the Apostle Paul gives us to the church of Rome when he says, If God the Father who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Brothers and sisters, if God's met our greatest provision, if he's given us our, and met our greatest need, 
then why should we not look to him for other things? Will God not graciously give us strength in the difficulties of parenting when he has purchased your salvation in Christ? Will God not provide endurance and perseverance in the mundane tasks of school or in the trying seasons of life when he has purchased your salvation in Christ? Will God not use the same grace that purchased our salvation in Christ to now set us apart in the image and likeness of Christ Jesus? Will God not provide food and clothing when he has purchased your salvation in Christ? I think Jesus said something about that on the Sermon on the Mount. We studied that a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. To not be anxious about food or clothing, but seek first the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, remember who the provider is. Do not let us misplace who is doing the providing. And may that kill any hint of pride and arrogance and self-sufficiency or self-reliance in our hearts and minds. And number three, forgetting God's provisions leads his people into idolatry. Verses 19 through 20, forgetting When we forget God's provisions, it will inevitably lead us into idolatry. Look how Moses does this in verse 19. He says, if you forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them. And conjunction, there's a link there. Moses is telling the Israelites, brothers and sisters, it's not that you as God's people won't ever bow down to something for enjoyment. It's not that you ever won't be rain, have something rained over you or give your life and affections to. It's that it will either be God, the gracious provider who provides for us as God's people to enjoy him, or it will be worldly idleness. And idolatry. And this is something that else we're not immune from. Brothers and sisters, if you want to know whether you're enjoying God's provisions in the right manner with the heartbeat of enjoying God and praising God, look at the idolatry in your life. Idolatry is when we misplace our enjoyment in things provided for rather than the provider. As parents, do we idolize the kids that God gave us and find our enjoyment in them, hoping that we can live our glory days in them? In our marriages, do we idolize our spouses as somebody who's going to complete our lives? When that only comes through the Father? Do we idolize our sexuality and that we abuse it for our own pleasure? Something that God has graciously given to us and we abuse it? And our finances, do we, do we idolize money by allowing it to determine our happiness and joy? Do we keep hoarding it? And our extracurricular students, do we 
Do we idolize them by settling for temporary stints of football and show choir to form our identity, why we exist, and purpose? In our grieving, do we idolize social media and entertainment when we run to them to escape our own brokenness and not to God? Brothers and sisters, do we idolize the mind? Do we idolize taking information so that we'll be a know-it-all and not to result in glorifying the Lord? Brothers and sisters, do we idolize our work and busyness by by filling up our lives booked every day 24-7 so that we will never have to stop and think about how we're forsaking the Lord and how he's calling us in those provisions to enjoy him? It's even possible to idolize God's own provisions in our lives. To ask God not to enjoy him, but to just enjoy the things that he gives us. Brothers and sisters, may it be far from us as God's freed people to have idols in our lives. And to look to ourselves. For self-reliance and self-sufficiency. Chapters before chapter 8 in Deuteronomy. You want to know why the people of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years is because they looked at self. You remember they, they looked at the promised land that God said, that's going to be yours. I'm giving it to you. And they went and they saw giants who are taller and greater, and the language is is in their response. They say, we can't go because we're not tall enough. You see the self-reliance there? Rather than on the gracious provider, God, who said, I'm going to give you this. And how that one decision of self-reliance, of idolizing self, forsaking the Lord, forgetting what the Lord did in the past, how he graciously provided them, led them to 40 years in the wilderness, brothers and sisters. And how if we are not careful, every time that we idolize ourselves, and every time that we look to ourselves for strength, for discernment and wisdom, brothers, we'll slowly fade into the comfortability of self-reliance. And years go by, and months go by, and decades go by. But we forget the Lord and his gracious provisions to enjoy him. The worship team is going to come up. In this time of response, some of us in the room have not entered into and celebrated and experienced and enjoyed the greatest provision that God's made on us by meeting our greatest need in Christ Jesus. And for some of us in the room, we need to experience that and give our life to the Father and say, I'm going to be one of your freed people. But for us as believers... There's a couple of things that we can walk out of church today with. One, brothers and sisters, is there idolatry present in our lives? And if so, may we, like, may we repent of that. Is there idolatry of kids, of self, of entertainment, of social media, 
of sports, of work, of family, of relationships, money. May we repent of that and may it be a testimony to a culture that is filled with idolatry and say, no, our allegiance is to the gracious provider who provides for us to enjoy him. And after repenting, brothers, how will we remember this week? How will we call to mind God's gracious provisions? A couple ways, practical ways that I think that would show up in our lives is first sharing it. That every conversation that we enter into with a brother or sister in Christ or with somebody that's lost, sharing how the Lord has provided us. What if Sunday school, in the prayer request, we're praising the Lord for how he provided us this past week. And we're calling to mind with one another that he's provided for us. What if we recorded it down, literally get a journal and write it down? We celebrate holidays for remembering different things. As funny as this may seem, why don't we celebrate the day that God provided us with something? Record it, write it down, and lastly, meditate on it. That all of our prayers, every time we go to the Lord, would Man, be a reflection of us looking back on our week and saying, I see how you provide for me here and here. And we keep thinking on it and we keep sharing it and we keep thinking on it. Brothers and sisters, how will you remember and call to mind amidst a culture of idolatry and self-sufficiency and self-reliance of God's gracious provisions to kill ourselves and pride and to remember the gracious provisions he's given us to enjoy him and glorify him. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for how you've provided for us time and time over again. We, we praise you for Christ. We praise you for meeting our greatest need in Christ. That God, we've been set free from the bondage and slavery of sin, Father, but more than that, how you've provided even more after that, how you continue to provide growth and maturity as we follow you, how you continue, Holy Spirit, to shape us and mold us more into the image of walking in Jesus' footsteps and how you provide us with families, you provide us with a church family. God, you've provided us ways to serve you. God, so many things that we can celebrate in this time and this week and saying the Lord provided. Father, may we call to mind your provisions and how you graciously give to us. And may we, may we not misplace our enjoyment and idols. May we not look to ourselves and say, look at me, look at what my life is. But Father, may we, may we look back and say, look how the Lord provided. May we repent of idolatry in our lives to be a testimony to a broken world, Father, that our allegiance is to you, that we are your freed people. And we call to mind how you alone, anything good in our lives as a result of your gracious provisions to enjoy. We praise in your name.